Why do we celebrate Easter? Um, I don't know. Jesus? Yeah, what did he do? Died on the cross for our sins. Um, it's Easter. Because the bunny comes and lays, puts eggs everywhere. Then we wake up in the morning and then we have breakfast and then we find the Easter at lunch. And I think... I forgot. Alexa, do you know why we celebrate Easter? <laughs> why? Okay. I get Easter. Okay. Because Jesus died on the cross. Because Jesus died. Because of Jesus died on the cross. Because we like eating chocolate. Because Jesus died on the cross and rose three days later. Because Jesus rose again on that day. What's your favorite thing about Easter? We get chocolate. Um, eating the chocolate. Eating chocolate. Nom, nom, nom. Chomp, chomp, chomp. The Easter eggs. Easter egg hunts. Egg hunts. We eat chocolate. <laughs> Jesus died on the cross? Chocolate What happened on the third day? Jesus rose. He rose again. No. This bag! A big bag! Alexa, do you know what happened on the third day? Yep. You do? What happened? Um, I get to ride a bus. <clears throat> and I get to drive an airplane. Yeah! He rose again. He rose. Jesus rose from the cast. Rose from the bed. We find eggs. He rose again. A happy Easter! Welcome to our Easter celebration service. I'm glad that you could join us today as we celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wasn't that a great video from our children of our church? Some really good answers there and some hilarious answers as well. And every year at this time, we like to do a, a little greeting. And I'd like to uh, do that with you this morning. Uh, it would go something like this. He is risen. And then the response would go something like this. He is risen indeed. Can we try that this morning? Let me, let's try that together. He is risen. Perfect. Thank you for joining in on that and participating. Funerals are sad occasions because they signify the death of someone. And I've been to countless funerals, uh, many of which I've officiated at. And, and I can conclude that all funerals, they're sad. They're sad. They're, 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 they're because, again, they, they signify the death of someone. However, there are some funerals that just seem to have some happy element to it. Uh, almost like it's a celebration, uh, as if to signify that death is not the end, that there's actually indeed more. The Bible, uh, there's this, in the Bible, there's this story. And just to clarify, I, I believe the Bible to be accurate and true. So this is, the story that I'm referring to is actually a true story. And it's recorded in the book of John in the 11th chapter. This is what it says, beginning in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. 
This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, that's another story for another time. And uh, verse 3, it goes on to say, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, here's what we've learned so far in these uh, first five verses. Is that number one, this family had a close relationship with Jesus. And, and they believed that Jesus could indeed heal Lazarus. And, and the story out of the words of Jesus, is going to have a happy ending. Let's move on to verse 6. Uh, it says, so when he heard that, that Lazarus was sick, now this is Jesus, he stayed where he was for two more days. Two more days. Now, that's a bit of a head-scratcher for me. I mean, Jesus didn't feel the need to drop everything and go. So maybe he knew something that the rest of us or, or the people in this story didn't know. Uh, you know, but we get this sense from Mary and her sister Martha that there's a bit of urgency here. They, they wouldn't call on Jesus to come and drop everything if it wasn't serious. In verse 7, it says, And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. So after waiting two days, finally he says, let's go back. Verse 8, but Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and and yet you want to go back? And, or, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the day, daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Now, we can understand a little bit more. There's a little bit more context to the story here of why Jesus didn't rush away and go. See, there was a threat on his life. There was people already trying to kill him and plotting against him. But now he's ready. Now he's ready. Two days later, he's ready to pick up and go. And, and, and what does that mean by Lazarus has fallen asleep? When you're sick, I mean, it's good to have rest, right? It's good. It, it helps you heal. It helps you get better. It builds your immune system, builds strength. But Jesus wasn't talking about natural sleep here. He was really saying that Lazarus is dead. He's died. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. For four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles away or miles from Jerusalem. And Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Now, according to ancient Jewish customs, uh, a body of a deceased of the deceased was buried that same day. The same day that they died, that's when they were buried. And those who came to mourn with the family would stay up to seven days after the burial. Now, that's why we read that some of those mourners are still there with the family when Jesus arrived. In John chapter 11, verse 20 to 21, it says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, 
She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, we don't know for sure how old Lazarus was, but there's no indication that he was either married or that he was a widower. So the assumption here is that Lazarus was still a young man who wasn't married yet, which would mean that his death was sudden and unexpected and tragic. Martha believed in her heart of hearts that Jesus would have been able to heal her brother had he been there sooner, but, but couldn't understand why he didn't rush rush over and heal him. She knew that they had, they had such a great relationship. Jesus loved, loved Lazarus. And so she, this was, there's a little bit of confusion here. And, and so for those of us, you know, that have been in Mary and Martha's situation where we've lost loved ones at a young age or unexpectedly or suddenly, the questions that echo in our mind are, are why? Why did this have to happen? Or maybe you've been praying for somebody for a healing for a long, long time and, and they don't get healed. And you, you begin to ask, well, why? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't that happen? In verse 22, Martha goes on to say this. She says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Martha, even in her midst of grieving and questioning and wondering, still had tremendous faith. It never, it never caused her to doubt God's love. She still trusted in God. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Wow, that's good news. That's, that's very encouraging. And, and Martha answers him in verse 24, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Where did Martha get this idea of resurrection and, and last day? What, where did she get this idea? Well, you would have to flip back earlier on in the chapter or in the book of John to chapter 6, verse 40. And this is what it says. Je this is Jesus' own words here. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise Him, and, and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus had already been preparing His followers of what His mission on earth was really all about. And, and he, was, he was letting them, He was giving them kind of the cheat sheets of what was going to happen. And, and, and so he wasn't just coming to the world to, to look after the payment of sin, the forgiveness of sin. He was also coming to offer death after life or life, sorry, life after death. And, and then Jesus says this in 11, John 11, chapter 25 to 26. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he poses this question, and this is not just a question for Martha, but I believe that this is a question for all of us down through the centuries, through the generations. And, and he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus is teaching Martha something here. In the midst of her pain and her sorrow. See, sometimes in the heat of the moment, because we're distracted by our circumstance, we miss out on some important details, some important things. And those profound words that Jesus is saying here, you know, would be amplified afterwards, punctuated even, after he rose from the grave. 
He was giving her the cheat sheets or the cheat notes of what was to come. And now he was about to give Martha and Mary the greatest object lesson on resurrection. The tombs in ancient Israel, especially the wealthy, were, were like caves. They were cut into the stone with a huge, big rolled stone rolled in front to seal the tomb. In John eleven thirty nine to 44, it says, Take the stone away, he said. This is Jesus. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. Four days. In other words, in the King James, it would have said, he stinketh, Lord, he stinketh. Uh, in verse 40, it says, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. I, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of those people standing here but uh, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. In verse 44, the dead man came out. The dead man came out. The resurrection of Lazarus was a foreshadow of what Jesus would do after the Passover. After the Passover. And his own words is, I am the resurrection and the life. They have been amplified at, uh, through a megaphone since that first century. Jesus did not come to pay for just our sin. He came to offer us life. That's why he's, he, he said these words in John chapter 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, more abundantly. That is why when you go to a funeral of someone who loves Jesus, has committed their lives to living for him, though it is a sad that they have passed away, there's this sense of hope and anticipation for something more. There's something more. See, death is not the end. There's something more. Death is not the final curtain, but rather a, a passage, a, a way of passage that death is not goodbye. It's only see you later. Only see you later. On October 21st, 2019, we buried Mulaney's mom, Florence Lowen. She was an incredible human being with a tremendous heart of faith. She loved and lived for Jesus with all her heart. She was first diagnosed with cancer back in 1997. Some of those living in the Red River Valley would know of the flood of the century. It was just after that that she was diagnosed. And it was the same type of cancer that that claimed the life of her sister years earlier. But, but Florence underwent surgery, and, and I don't care what anybody says. Whether healing comes from the very hand of God or through medical professionals, it's still a healing. Amen? It's still a healing. And, and Florence was completely healed back in 1997 in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And she was cancer-free for almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. But then in 2016, her body was plagued again with cancer. And it impacted her life. She had to change her life. Life was different after that. Um, but it did not, her faith did not falter in any way. It did not falter. Uh, Saturday of Easter weekend last year, uh, we spent several hours at the waiting room, in the waiting room at the Health Sciences Center. 
See, Florence had, had developed a brain tumor in the back of her head and, and, and it caused a brain bleed. And because of the miraculous hand of God uh, was on the surgeon's hands, her life was spared. And we got on to, to, to enjoy life with her until that October. Burying her, saying farewell to her, was, was a hard thing to do. It was a hard thing. It was hard, probably the hardest thing our family had to go through. But you see, when I look back in the rearview mirror of life, I see how God was faithful. See, God, God, though he didn't work in the way that we wanted him to work, we could see him working. We can see him today working in the lives of people. And today, her life and her testimony is still impacting people. Even at her, her service, there was a, a, a comment that was came back to us that said, wow, I've never been to a funeral that's been happy. And happy and so full of life. Usually it's just all about death, but it was about life. Florence in her life and through her death is still impacting people for Christ today. See, when I look back in that rearview mirror, I still see it. I see it. I see uh, her influencing and impacting the life of her husband, the life of her daughters and son and their spouses, myself, our children, their children, her grandchildren, uh, friends and, and relatives, and, and those that were closest and nearest and dearest to her. I see her still impacting their lives for the good of the gospel today. You see... She's not dead and gone. She's just gone on, right? She's just gone on to be with her resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Florence's funeral was one of those happy funerals. Yes, we were sad. And yes, we miss her so much. But it's not the end. It's not the end. There's more. It's not a goodbye. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a see you later. And... The empty tomb around 30 AD, when Jesus rose from the dead, is a guarantee that there's more to come. Death is not the end. It is not the end. Jesus said these words in John 11, 25. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives their life believing that will never die. That's why we celebrate Easter. We celebrate the fact that Jesus set us free from our sin and that the grave is no longer has any power over any of us. See, the grave could not hold our Savior. And that power that was in our Savior has now been invested into the lives of all of his believers. And the grave has no power over us. Because he lives... I can face tomorrow because he lives. My fear is gone because I know he holds my future. My life is worth the living all because my Jesus lives. See, Guns and Roses got it wrong. It's not us knocking on heaven's door. It's Jesus knocking on our door. The Son of God, the one and only Son of God, he's knocking on our heart's door. And he has this promise for us. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come in. Where are you at right now? Are you lonely? 
Are you confused? Have you been hurt, disappointed, discouraged? Are you in pain? Are you suffering, grieving, feeling the world is crashing in all around you? Maybe you're anxious or depressed or angry or sad or experiencing all those emotions all at once. Maybe you've lost your job or lost a loved one or experiencing a, a breakup or a meltdown in a relationship. Maybe you've tested positive for COVID-19 and now you're scared because your future is uncertain. Listen, Jesus has conquered death. And he today offers you life, life. He wants to heal you from the inside out. He wants to heal first that which will last eternity, your soul. Once he's done that, then he's able to work on the other things that need attention in your life. If you today would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, making him Lord over your life, all you've got to do today is just open up your heart's door to him. Open up your heart's door to him. And that can be done by having a conversation, by having a conversation. And it goes something like this. If you're ready to make that commitment, I, I want you and I encourage you to repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God who died for all my sins. I ask that you would come into my life and take full control. Lead me, guide me from this day forward. Jesus, in your name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, I'd like to welcome you into the family of God. You know, at some point or another, all of us that are part of the family of God have prayed a prayer something like that. And all of us want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate with you. This is a, a decision. The decision you made today is a life-changing one. And, and we want to help you in any way that we can in your new journey with Jesus Christ, your new faith journey. So I encourage you, contact our, us through our website, AbundantLifeChapel.ca, or on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to put some resources in your hands. But you know what? What's really important right now is tell somebody, whoever you're with and wherever you are, tell somebody that you made this decision, and, and because then that will make it feel real. It'll make, you feel, it, it'll make this decision feel real. I pray that this message today has inspired you and built up your faith. If you would like to support our church financially so that we can continue God's amazing work, uh, you can do so by going to our website at AbundantLifeChapel.ca slash give. Thank you for joining us today online. We hope to see you next week. Same time, same YouTube channel. God bless everyone.